Hey guys, this is a quick little mini-sode of Wrestling With Sports. Myself, Dennis Farrell, alongside Jason Kindle. Jason, hi, how are you? How's everything going, Dennis? Doing good. As some people may know, uh, you may not be hearing us on our regular feed. We decided to burn it down and start over, start fresh, start from scratch, and here we are. Uh, we are going to face a lot of uphill battles in this, and this is where we need you, the fans, to help to get back to where we were. And basically, all you have to do is subscribe and tell your friends. That's it. You know, word of mouth. And, and I, I, Dennis, I wouldn't necessarily say that it is a um, uphill battle because we did what we needed to do with something that was Beyond. awful. And, and I think both you and I, as people, knew it was right. We knew we were going to lose all of our subscribers, and that's fine because you know what, both. We could both go to bed at night and sleep okay because this was the right thing to do. And Dennis and I had talked about this, and um, I think you know, to our listeners, you will know you know what we're talking about. But you know, we're not going to say any names, this and that, because we're moving on to the next um, chapter of wrestling with sports. So uh, please tell everybody, tell your friends. We got Dimitri Young, myself, Brett uh, Boone, Dennis Farrell, obviously. Brett Boone will come on and, and talk baseball. Tons of and, guests. Um, we had an unbelievable interview last night. Yes, that will be going up here soon, probably after a this hockey one. player. Yes, and we got a couple more hockey players coming uh, on too. Oh. So, so, but we, uh, we did what we thought we needed to do, and just um, let friends know, let fans know, or let say something cool, whatever, to get us back to where we were. If you see the links and you think, well, I've already subscribed, and maybe you're listening to this on a different platform, and you're like, well, what happened? This is what's going on. We're still here. We're still doing the same exact show that we have been. It's just on a brand new feed. We needed a fresh start. We, you know what we needed, Jason? Good juju. I think We needed good Good. You know what? Karma's a bitch, and it will always come back and get you. And we, I always said that. We needed to have a little fresh start. You, myself, who have been here from the start. You know, Now we have Dimitri and Boone. And uh, a lot of very, very, very cool and famous guests coming up from all different sports. Yep. So basically what we did is we put people over profit, over downloads, over the almighty dollar. We put the people first. And this is a showing that we decided we're going to scrap it all. We're going to put it in a big pile in the backyard. We'll throw some gasoline on it. Jason lit a torch, blew it all up. And we said, we burned it down. Let's stretch our legs. And we're going to start this thing over. A lot of hard work, but we will do it with your help. Uh, tell your friends. If you know a wrestling fan or maybe just a sports fan that likes good banter, go out and tell them. Share every post you see because that's how we grew the first time. That's how we're going to do it again with your help. And and, and last thing I'll say is, listen, I'm not doing anything. I don't know. I can, I can barely work a computer. So Dennis is doing everything. And But we did have this conversation. And um we're ready to start, and I cannot wait. So, please, if you have listened and you still want to listen, tell friends because we got some cool stuff coming up. There we go, guys. So, enjoy all the new mixed in with the old episodes of Wrestling with Sports. We're going to keep bringing you the same great shows. You just keep downloading and interacting with us. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Whether you're a sports fan or a wrestling fan, maybe you're neither and you just love coming to wrestling with sports for the banter. 
BlueChew.com has been a proud sponsor of this show back when it was the Wrestling Perspective with PD Williams and myself. We love Blue Chew here. Blue Chew loves us. Make sure you go check them out because, listen, guys, I'm going to talk to you guys for a second. You get in the sack. Things are going pretty okay. But sometimes you wish you had that extra little kick, right? You don't want to be the curtain jerker. You don't want to be the jobber in bed. If you're a sports fan, you don't want to know what that means. Go Google it. Uh, wrestling fans, I'm about to do this to you. Listen, if maybe you're the number nine hitter in your bed or you're essentially the pitcher that gets a chance to get up and bat, and we all know how bad pitchers are at batting in your own bed, and you want to change that, you want to go from the number nine hitter to the number four hitter, cleaning up on the bases, raking them down the line, you know what I mean. Or wrestling fans, you want to be the curtain jerker and you want to go from curtain jerk in the first match to main eventing sexual mania in your own bed you got your own ref that'll roll out from under it you get it you go you count the one two three you win she's satisfied you're satisfied you could do all that with blue chew go to bluechew.com it is amazing blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know it works you can take it any time of day and night and because it's chewable it works twice as fast as the pill you could take it on a full stomach, empty stomach. It doesn't matter. You listen, you can benefit from more confidence in bed where it counts. And Bluetooth, right there, fast, easy. It will enhance your performance. That's the key word there, guys. Enhance your performance. Bluetooth is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have to worry about any awkward doctor visits. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. It's made in the USA, so Blue Chew is cheaper than your other options. Amazing. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free. Use this promo code Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, and just pay $5 for shipping and handling. And trust me, that is the best $5 you will ever spend. We would give it to you for free, but Jason Kindle's like, nope, we're giving it to them for free. They have to pay for shipping and handling. I'm sorry, what Jason Kindle says goes. Again, that's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Try it for free. Let us know what you think. I mean, we have baseball players that text and email us all the time. We have wrestlers that are reaching out that want all this stuff, and we give them the same promo code. They come back happy. So be part of the revolution, the Blue Chew revolution. Make it happen. Your woman will thank you. And women, you know, it's okay to sit your man down and say, hey, listen, maybe we should try Blue Chew. It's, it's perfect. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Time for wrestling with sports. I'm Dennis Burrow. He's Jason Kendall. Dimitri Young. What's going on, guys? 
Not a whole lot. I, I, I just have a little bit of time before I got to go. And since they're reopening everything in baseball and stuff, including opening day, the amateurs, these little high schoolers want to get their work in. And God dang, I haven't worked in so long. I'm happy to go back out there and throw bad in practice to these young future athletes of America. Now, well, number one, number one, D, is because you're old. And that, that trust me, it, it, it gets worse. And as we all three know who I'm going to have Dennis here um, introduce here in a second, but um, that's why I'm, I actually try to shut up because I know Dimitri for just a little bit, trust me, because I know Dimitri has to go. So I'm going to let Dimitri talk and Dennis talk. And then um, our guest, I'll, uh, I'll throw a bunch of stuff at him uh, later on, but go ahead, Dennis. I will make probably the most exciting entrance to a podcast I could ever make. I became a hockey fan. <laughs> really? Really, Dimitri? Man, the way like that you've been. You it's like he's playing first base again. Oh, oh <laughs> words hurt. Listen, let me, let me give this guy the proper introduction because I am geeked out. I became a real hockey fan in 1990. I didn't really start collecting hockey cards until 93, 94. I bought a pack of Flare Ultra. I opened it up, and the first card I pulled out was a Brian Smolinski Boston Bruins card. And ever since that moment, Brian Smolinski has always been my favorite hockey player. I even tried to buy a jersey of his off eBay, but it was actually really expensive, Brian. So congratulations on that one. No way. Yes, it was. But listen, <laughs> I had the pleasure to meet him at a charity event, and I was telling him, like, dude, you're my favorite hockey player. He's like, dude, I'm nobody's favorite hockey player. Stop. And it's true. Uh, my favorite all-time hockey player, and I am super excited and geeked out, A, to call you a friend, B, to call you a guest on Wrestling With Sports. How's that, guys? That's pretty good. Right? Thank you. Thank you. So... Brian Smolinski, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, guys. Dennis, Jason, Dimitri, it's an honor to be here. I know we only have a handful or uh, maybe two to a dozen people on here, but hopefully, you know, the, right? the, the dozen <laughs> people, we, we, we at least entertain them, right? It doesn't matter who you see, you're always playing for the, for the crowd, right? So let, <laughs> That is true. So true. So let's start with this. It's Actually, called- the, the first and the 15th are pretty nice, too. <laughs> <laughs> I complain about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this out of the way. It's called Wrestling with Sports, where we talk sports and wrestling. And I don't know if you, I knew this or not, Brian, but were you ever a wrestling fan? I was a big time wrestling fan. Loved wrestling. Really? Ooh, yeah. nice. How how did your fandom start? Let's knock this out. Uh, probably back in the mid nineties. I mean, you know, you got the Hulk Hogan's and the uh, the, the hacksaw Jim Duggins and leaping Lanny Poppos. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, you know, come on. Yeah. Listen, that was Sunday mornings for me. And, um, I actually had the chance, uh, to graduate from Michigan state. My last few credits I had to do was an internship and I did them with a radio station and we got to do a WrestleMania. Well, it wasn't right. It was just a, you know, they were, we were one of the spots at Michigan state. And I got to interview some of the some of the wrestlers, and it was when women were really starting to get into the WWF, and it was and it was really cool. Wow! But can I? You went to Michigan State, right? So I did. Yeah. So um, you know who I'm going to bring up? Another Michigan 
State. Hard nose Detroit Tiger. Then he went to the Los Angeles Tigers yeah. and won MVP. I'm talking about the asshole of Kirk Gibson. <laughs> and, and I can call him that because, you know, that's the way he carried himself. Behind the scenes, nice guy, but I had him as a coach, and he was an absolute fire, man. And I'm pretty sure it's all in the water up there at Michigan State, and I'm pretty sure that you were pretty fiery, too, with that hockey stick. Well, Kirky is in, you know, to be mentioned in just in the same sentence with him is an honor in itself. He was a warrior. Uh, obviously, we know what he did for the game and transcended the Dodgers, you know, the Dodger brand. Uh, he did the same thing at Michigan State. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, that guy played both football. He played two ways in football. He played baseball. And, and, then, he, and then he chose the latter, right? He chose baseball because he knew he was going to were you guys there at the same time? He was going to be better at it because of that fiery passion he had. So hey, I met him a few times. Jesus, Jason, I'm the same age as you, man. Like, Kirky's like 80 now, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? I, you're right. I'm supposed to shut up. That's my problem. Is, is I, I, you might have been a freshman because, listen, it's not like we're young. And you're, you're a couple am. years older than I am. You're my brother's age. When I saw your birthday and everything, I'm like, oh. Oh, shit, this dude's older than I am. Perfect. Yeah. But that all being said is, um, I, I don't know how old Kirk Gibson is. I don't, it's not like I, anyhow, let's go. Well, he was early. He was late eighties, uh, late seventies, early eighties at Michigan state. So I would give him 10 or 12 years above me. So he's pushing. Oh 60. shit. And I am an idiot. I apologize. <laughs> My bad. Now, Jason, you and Brian were both in Pittsburgh. No, no hey, listen, not, no offense. <laughs> I don't know. You look about that age. No, though. trust me. I, I'm an idiot, and I, I get it, and I talk a lot, and people <laughs> say a lot of bad stuff about me, and Dennis's relatives have learned to say a couple of good things about me, but other than that, I, I get it. Roll Tide, man. Roll Tide. Look right? at Sorry about that. <laughs> you know what? My buddy is uh, their offensive coordinator. He had a tough time, but they went to uh, Steve Sarkeesian. He, he's one of my good friends. And but I, you know what? The uh, uh, Alabama covers the spread a lot more than they don't. So you come on this show more and more and Saban, more, and you can see me with a bunch of different hats. That's right. Well, Saban was once a uh, Spartan. Mm, that's right. I know that. I didn't know that. So he came from Michigan State. So yeah. So let, let's let's talk a little bit about your time in Pittsburgh for a second because I find it interesting you and Jason cross paths. Maybe not. Well, met. he only spent one year there, Dennis. If, if you that's do all it your takes. Homework. But that's all it takes. And I I know that ninety five ninety six, and that was your rookie year. Was so. I guess my question is, did and you know before the show it sounded like you guys crossed paths, but it was in L A. But was there ever inter-team rivalries? Like, did Pittsburgh, did the Pirates ever kind of go, you know what, we want to do better than the Penguins, or did you guys not even care about each other? Uh, we, we would lose 100 games when I was there for however long. Um, <laughs> but so it was, I mean, is he on? Because I don't see the picture right now, But because I actually do have a question um, for him. But um, that all being said is, um, in it, it, it in Pittsburgh, it's who wins, which it is, I guess, in anywhere you go. But it's the Steelers, the Penguins, and then the Pirates. Now, I guarantee that it wasn't that way in 79. I don't even know when hockey was there. Um, but when 79, you know, when Pops and all those guys are 71 when they won the World Series, it's going to be that. I mean, whatever. But I'm telling you what, one heck of a party I could only imagine. I was fortunately not 
able to bring something like that there. But um, the the Pittsburgh fans are they're different, and you know um, when Brian comes back on, I'm sure he'll tell you the same thing. He was there for a year, and I can't remember how that year in '95 and '96 went from. I know it was my rookie year, and I was scared to death. And I'll never forget, like when I went back to when I came from Florida mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh. I think we played a we played a, a, a our last spring training game in Cleveland, and then we hopped on a plane and um, to go from Cleveland to Pittsburgh. And I had a white Jeep Cherokee that I was supposed to go out of this little one bedroom apartment. Two well, actually it was two bedroom because Denny Nagel ended up living with me. Uh-huh. We've already talked about, but um. And they had a white Jeep Cherokee out. Well, it was snowing. I'm a Southern California boy. <laughs> I didn't, I grew up surfing and I couldn't find my car because it was white. <laughs> and so it was parked at my Lincoln You know what I'm talking about, exactly. So I show up to the Lincoln Club. I'll never forget it. And I'm like, okay, where's the car? Where's the car? And they didn't have the, 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 you know, you, Open, open. And this is one of the things I think we talked about earlier. Like somebody gave you, you a car and you had to go to, I had to go to a commercial or something like that to get a free car for the whole year. And I'm like, beep, beep, beep. There was no beep, beep, beep where the lights <laughs> flashed. <laughs> it took me and I'm freezing. I mean, it's probably about 30 degrees by the time we got back in from Florida or Houston, wherever the heck we were coming from. I couldn't find my car. It was right in front of me. I mean, I'm walking all over this place, hoping I can hear a click, 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 click. Okay. Well, like oh, I said, it wasn't my turn. Beep, beep. That's no. hilarious. <laughs> and so I finally got into going to bed. And then I think the next day we played the Phillies and faced Sid Fernandez. Oh, Sid Fernandez. And, all thumbs. Yeah. And he, he coming down here in Hawaii. And I can't remember what I did. But I just know that I finally got in an, an apartment and I had a white Jeep Cherokee, which I don't even know if they make these. There's a box one. I couldn't find it. it. Took me 30 minutes to find the damn thing and uh, ended up. I guess things worked out because uh, Nagel probably came a little bit later and it's like, oh, hey, dude, is right there because he was from, you know, not from, but he'd play with the Pirates for a while. And, and I don't know where Brian is right now, but I do have some questions about. So, Brian, on your end, was there any inner team rivalries between you and the Pirates and maybe even the Steelers when you were with the Penguins? Um, not that I know of, uh, only because, you know, we didn't necessarily intermingle with with uh, with any of those teams um you know obviously with baseball you know being a summer you know summer sport those uh, guys you don't have to answer that question because you were in pittsburgh for one year and this is where dennis needs to do his damn homework i know but you were drafted by boston um you played in pittsburgh for one, and, and you, you spent most of the time in la right for four five years yeah i, I had a couple stints a couple of years but boston i actually mingled more with the red sox than I did with any, with any other baseball team, only because who doesn't want to hang out in Fenway? And when Good point. back and I back back in ninety two ninety three when I started playing, uh, the, you know Nesson was a huge fan. You know they they carried both uh, the Bruins and the and the Red Sox, and normally the Sox were kind of you know maybe pushing for a pennant all the time, and you know we got to see Roger Clemens out all the time. I mean that guy's a big man. Uh, we'd see Mo Vaughn. Uh, they, you know, they would hang out with the Bruins and then we got to roll with some of the Patriots. So that was probably the most fun time I had coming out of uh, college was, you know, seeing those guys. I remember seeing Drew Bledsoe. I hung out with Drew Bledsoe for probably a year 
and yeah. then all of a sudden he got his job taken away from Tom Brady. So was, oh, uh, I'm like, oh, hey. Jesus. And don't get me free. You know, yeah. Drew Bledsoe was not a slouch. He was pretty good. Absolutely he was. Well, That's the football I, version of Wally Pip. There you oh, go. <laughs> he, ain't, yeah, he ain't lying. Um, okay, so the, the following year, 97, when you were gone, and, and I, I, can't, I, I don't know if you were at uh, – I can't remember where you were at. Because we've actually crossed – I don't want to say cross paths, but we've actually played for um, – I mean, you played for more teams than I did, and I played for five. So you played for. We we were we were in the same city at at, at some point. At, but the, there was the next year we went out to um, and I can't remember what it was called. The the, the spring training for um, the uh, the Penguins and not the Igloo, but where'd you guys? Was it in Monroeville or? We were in uh, where the hell Bridgeville. Okay, Bridgeville. Okay, so yeah. there was an upper like you could watch as a fan yeah. like. Up top, okay, gotcha. Well, the 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 year that I went, we went and did a bunch of things, and it was like three three guys that I that went with me. But I, I just I, I remember sitting up top, and I, and this is when Lemieux and Yager were there. Yep. And I'm watching, and you know, obviously Lemieux's six uh, six, Yager's you know a young kid who's you know big dude too, and you're actually kind of big uh, for a hockey player. Um, but watching. Lemieux and Yager, listen, you had one hell of a career. Playing 15 years in a uh, a, a, a major sport is unbelievable. And I was looking at your your stats and everything, and I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, it, it's 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 very, very impressive. So hell of a freaking career, I guess I, I might add that. Um, but I know you played with, like, the best. And, you know, I'd like to think that Dimitri and myself had decent years. But, I mean, when you always play with those guys, like um, – you know, Dimitri was fortunate to play with Ken Griffey Jr. Right. Um, I played with uh, Frank Thomas. I mean, the guys that eh. – Right. And not to say that you weren't there, not to say that Dimitri or myself weren't there, but, I mean, they're just on a different level. I mean, watching Barry Bonds play, he's yeah. playing wiffle yeah, ball. The upper, the upper echelon yes. is ridiculous. But I, could, I always remembered watching from that top at Bridgeport how quick Yagers and um, Lemieux's feet were more than anybody else. It was unbelievable to me. And listen, I don't know too much about hockey. I've skated twice in my life. Once was when all the penguins shot a bunch of pucks at me when I was dropping off some bats. And well, trust me though, I, I went out <laughs> those guys. Um, this is Demetri. You're like, it was when Randy Johnson got traded from Seattle to Houston. And I was like, okay, guys, I've never skated. And, and I had to use some guy's 14 shoe, which I wore 12 and I couldn't skate any on there. Like anyhow, but watching Yager and Lemieux and their feet, it was different. It was just like different people on the ice. And I, I was fortunate enough to know, or, and I know a little bit, um, Gretzky, but uh, are those guys just like that much different? Are they that much more? I mean, I don't know anything about hockey, but it was unbelievable to me from watching from above. Yeah, and in and, and, and your terms, yeah, when you, you see those guys that are year after year after year leading categories, you know, not necessarily leading like every year they're leading categories and, you know, whether it's goals or assists or batting average RBIs, I mean, it's just, how do they fucking do this? Well, and then you get to play, you know, my fortune, I was fortunate in Boston. I played with Ray Bork, Cam Neely, you know, that started, that started my career. I, I got to, you know, I was coached by a guy named Brian Sutter who was like the ultimate blue collar guy, just hard nosed, you know, kind of that, that was the instill I had in the league. He goes, if you play like this, you'll play a long time. You know what? I, I didn't have to go fight. I didn't have to, you fought, but I didn't have to do it 
continuously. You know, you didn't have to, you know, hit home runs all the time, but you got him. You know, at some point it's going to happen. You know, Demetri's a big dude. He should be hitting balls out. But you know what? He was good defensively. You know, you did your job. That was me. That was just a guy that did my job. And I knew where I stood. Good. And what he's trying to say, I think, eventually is the fact that I did. I went through one year without a home run. Yeah. And that's probably what he's eventually getting the point because. Well, Jason, I'll do. I'll say something like that. You know, I was a goal scorer. I had 13 goals in like the halfway point of the year, which was great for a guy like me. I had ended up with 15. I mean, so in a sense. And the last two goals I had were empty nets. So go fucking figure. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know? <laughs> I really put the game away, you know, with that empty net. <laughs> That's like. It's so, on that back of that card. Yeah. So you, you know what, you're ta- you know what we're talking about. It, it, we're talking the same language, just different sports. Hey, along those lines, before I go, like Jason said, I played with Ken Griffey Jr., and played with Pudge and, and, and Detroit, played with McGuire and Ozzie Smith and and um, Dennis Eckersley in St. Louis, and I had Barry Larkin, of course. With those Hall of Fame-type players, you know, people always ask me, so how was it playing with them? And I was like, you ever been in a classroom? You had 30-some-odd <laughs> students in there, and you had the popular kids, you had the jocks, you had the nerds. I was like, that's what it's like in a, in a, in a baseball environment with your teammates. So, with that being said, with baseball, you have the nerds and the born again Christians and all of those in hockey as well as we do in baseball. Oh, absolutely! You got you got all versions of personalities, and then you you know you throw in the European players, mm. you know, and the European players, you you don't know what you're going to get. You know, you have the nerds and you have the cool guys, or you have the metalheads, and yeah, so yeah, the personalities were were and the egos were incredible. Um, the best part, you know, Jason mentioned Lemieux. You mentioned Ken Griffey. I can only imagine to ever met Ken Griffey. Lemieux was probably one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Just salt to the earth. Yes, he was a superstar. But he walked around like he was, you know, he's walking around naked. He's got a towel on. You're like, Jesus. That's <laughs> a normal, normal, yeah, normal dude. Yeah. Yep. He's yelling he because you're not working. Yeah. He was badass. But, Dimitri, we might have met. And I, you know, and it just coming to me, you know, I know you played in Detroit in that 06 era. We probably met in Birmingham somewhere at one of the, uh, at you one of the, uh, the blue, blue martini. Uh, I, I didn't want to say it, but yes, go ahead. Blue uh, martini was probably where it was uh, because that was, uh, that place was, uh, uh was dangerous. I, I've never been there. That place was uh, yeah, dangerous. That was, my, that was part of my demise in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was with the A's when you guys beat us in Detroit and, Maybe we had gone to too many um, uh, places that night, or the, the two that, nights we were in Detroit. That is a dangerous, dangerous place, that oh. place. <laughs> All right, it's time for me heard. to go teach some kids, Brian. So it was right. a pleasure, and I know I'll be talking to you again. Jason, D, peace, coming Dennis, up. Thank you. peace. So, Brian, let, let's get back to some, some fun talk, because when I had the pleasure of hanging out with you the one and only time before you blocked me and moved out of state to avoid hanging out with me, and I got that about right, um, you told me this phenomenal story about when you were playing in Montreal, and where I'm just kind of geeking out. I'm like, Montreal has this great history. It had been great. You're like, they had to lock us away because the natives hated us up there. 
Well, the, the, they hated the Americans, put it that way. Um, they were, we, if, if the story's correct, we were probably in the playoffs and they put us downtown, you know, you know, anytime you're in playoffs, they want you to isolate and, you know, the night before a game and, well, they put us downtown where it was on a Friday night and the place is partying they're going crazy. And I'm like, I, I remember calling my, you know, the GM or, or who, not the GM, but the, you know, the PR guy says, I live three miles, three kilometers, which is in Canada. I live three kilometers from here. And I'm down here in Party Central. Do you mind if I just go home and get some sleep? It's next to Shea Perea. One is you got. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, that was about three blocks away. So yeah, there you go. I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't go there. Yeah, definitely couldn't go there to get sleep. I geek, I geek out when you know we have other guys from different industries on, and I sit and listen to you and Jason talk because there's that mutual sports respect that I, I don't have with you both. I come from more of a fan point of view. So to to hear the stories about how – because the second I'm like, hey, I have uh, Brian Smolinski coming on. And he's like, I know him, I, the hockey player, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I met him. I don't remember where. It, is it cool for you? Because I know you're a sports fan outside of that to meet other guys. Do you still oh, absolutely, out? Absolutely. You know, and, and it's only because we have such a level of respect. I mean – I, I, I was a baseball player. I, I, I was pretty good in my, you know, my Ohio, you know, grew up in Northern Ohio, but you know, that was, it was more, you know, small college stuff, you know, and it, and to see, you know, guys play and play at an elite level and, you know, they went through what I went through in, in the hockey world. So a lot of fun, a lot of respect, you know, they grinded it out in the minors and I can't even imagine the minors in baseball and the minors in hockey night and day totally different and you know i caught i was a catcher like jason so uh, a massive respect because you know when you can grind it out and they they always say that's the easiest position or the maybe the fastest position to get to the 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 major leagues man you can play every day or three you know three quarters of the year you can play every day up down up down man you get to see some cool shit behind that plate you ain't lying that's unbelievable but i tell you what i have more respect for your game it, it, the, the NHL to me is like it's one of the most amazing because it's so fast. And uh, I think what Brian was saying earlier, Dennis, was I mean, there's a work ethic, and, and we always have these conversations. And, and we're fortunate enough to um, know certain people from different, whether it be wrestling, from football, et cetera, baseball, et cetera. But the fact that you got there, there's a work ethic behind this. Listen, you're from Toledo, Ohio. You went to Michigan State. Yes, there's not – I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know there's a lot more um, Canadians, Russians, et cetera, in the NHL now. But, I mean, you really have – and I, I know some people that have, you know, been there from the, the United States um, that have been in the, the – um, and obviously there's a lot there too. But the work ethic that Brian had to have for to play for 15 years, it's – and I can relate to that because I did the same thing. You yeah. have to have it. And if you don't have it, and, and I always try to say this, Dennis, and correct me if I'm wrong, because whoever's listening, whether it be kids, only your family, et cetera, et cetera, there is something you have to work and work every day. If you really, truly want to, to, to do what – I mean, your career and your career numbers are amazing to me, and it's unbelievable. So, I mean, congratulations, and that's why you have like a, a pool and trees and stuff in the backyard <laughs> right there because 
you worked your ass off for it. And that's yeah. what, what is cool to me. And, you know, you went to a lot of different places. I don't know how hockey is as far as players moving around, but what was your favorite place to play? You know what? I, I My favorite place to play, and, and, and they're all different parts of your life, right? So they come out of, you know, I, I did come out of university, 21 years old, and I go right into, right into Boston. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Get to play in the old garden, get to do that, you know, get to see what I see. You know, and then you do, I do that for three years, you know, then I end up in, in Pittsburgh, which was, holy shit, can this get any better? You know, I'm playing with the likes of Mario, you know, Yags and Ronnie Francis. We make it, you know, we, we, you know, we do really well on that team. You know, then I meet, meet a young lady, marry her, you know, we moved to LA. Jeez, LA is just a good time. I mean, holy mackerel, you know, I had a great time there, started having a family. But really the best part, the best time I ever had was probably Montreal, which was my last year. And it was only because it's a storied franchise that, you know, they won so many championships and to go from an American to playing in the Canadian best team ever in Quebec. And then at one point they accept you at the point they accept you. That's pretty cool. Quebec, the, the Francophones. You know, they like, why is this American here? And, and, you know, they're speaking French. I don't speak a lick of French, right? And I'm trying to read the paper. I have a little bit of dialect. And then, you know, you get this like, hey, man, you know, these people are, they're shitting on you a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I go, whatever. I can only do what I can do. And the minute they accept you, I'm like, that's when you know you've made it. You've made in it. Two different countries and two different languages. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> that's, you know what good, good uh, that's awesome because i've loved every part of canada that i've been to i mean obviously it's only been toronto and montreal and montreal right. doesn't have a team anymore hopefully they will in expansion soon i don't know what baseball is doing now but uh no i've, I've loved every part of uh, of uh the canada and you know what? it's clean it's clean people are yeah. nice you might not understand them so that probably helps it out a little bit too because they might be saying to go eat shit but you don't understand if they're talking <laughs> No, exactly. And the difference, you know, the, the main difference, obviously, between the borders, living in Canada, living in the States, I, I will pick Canada only because they actually look out for each other. Yeah. Now, yeah. listen, the population, you know, totally askew. They, you know, they have only 40 billion. We have 300 billion. But at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter where you're from. There's, there, there's so many, you know, transplants or so many people that come in and, but they look out for each other because, you know, and I love that about it. Where here, yeah, you know, it's, here it's obviously a very cool feeling. You're right. It is. It is a cool feeling. You know, the, the 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 sense of pride. Not to say that we don't have it, but as you see in you know the last few months and you know particularly the last couple of weeks, it's like, what the hell just happened? Right. I, I, I hear you. Okay. So let me ask you this question because I'm I'm actually curious because I went to Pittsburgh, and um, you went straight from 21 years old. In the NHL, and I'm sure you had minor league stints too. Um, and one of our stints too was in Milwaukee, which I'll have to ask you about that later. <laughs> but, um, um, so you got to be scared of death. I was scared of death. I was 21 when I was in, um, in Pittsburgh, but you're, now you're looking at one of the the biggest towns that there is. And obviously, hockey. I mean, the Boston Bruins, the Boston Bruins, Pittsburgh Pirates, Pittsburgh. We stunk. I mean, so it's like Boston or New York, which you obviously know. 
How was that? How'd you adapt to that? Because as a 21 year old kid, and I know that when I was in the big leagues, man, I'm sitting there going like, we stink, but this is unbelievable. But I mean, it's a different world. Now, obviously being from um, Michigan, you, it might be similar. I don't know. I'm from California and going to Pittsburgh is two different worlds, but was it different from Michigan to, to Boston and, so I well, know how Boston it, is. They're tough. You, well, you said it was the first and the fifteenth. That was probably the difference. You know, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> you know, it's obviously you know the your, your paychecks are good. Back in the nineties, you know, it's I was uh, you know a, a humble rookie. My most I ever made, you know, my first five years was like two seventy five. You know, two hundred seventy five. Hey, listen, it's a, it's a lot of money, a lot more than what my parents made, and I made the most of it. And you know, I had probably four or five young players that were still best friends that were with us. You know, I don't know if you get that in the major leagues where, you know, they bring up five or six rookies. You know, it's maybe not like that. But in, in, in hockey, you know, with the 22, 23-man roster, you're allowed to have, you know, you're allowed to roll with maybe three or four rookies then, you know, because they're trying to get them acclimated to the game that are high-end guys. So we had, we had a good young team in Boston. And, and every team that I went to always had really high-end rookies that were playing. That's very, very cool. Uh, when I broke in, I had there was me and two other guys, Francisco Cordova, who yeah. didn't speak a bit of English, threw yeah. no hitter in 1997, and Keith Osick, my the backup catcher. Yeah. I'll never forget leaving spring training that that year. We were going to play our last game in Cleveland, and um, uh, they locked me in the bathroom on the the, the plane. <laughs> Thank God I had my dip with me because and that was like stuff that you do, and I don't know how much that stuff goes down right now, but. Um, I'm just going like, so there wasn't, there's not that many rookies that are on. I mean, yeah, up and down guys, maybe, but to start the season, um, I don't know. What you guys do is always amaze me because I don't know if it's a union thing. I don't know what it is, but you always hear stuff about MLB, which is stuff's going on now. You always hear stuff about the NBA. NFL. NFL, NBA. Well, that's my point, Dennis. And then now you get to hockey. And I don't know if you guys are going to continue this year. And this is, listen, I hope you and your family are all safe. And this is a crazy time, obviously, for everybody with everything that's going on. Um, but I don't know if it's a union thing, but you guys always stay under the radar. And you guys are always the first ones out there. You, you guys are always the, um, the, 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 the most respected. I, I can say this as a baseball player. You guys, I don't know what it is about hockey, but you guys always fly under the radar and – like I said, I'm a baseball player, Get but you guys are always, I've always respected you guys more than anything. Maybe because I know a lot of hockey players, but in the media, this and that, you guys, you guys are just boom. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but I mean, there's nothing negative about your sport. Well, you it does. I pre- and I appreciate that. You know, I think we, I think it comes from a great communication between the league and, and our association, player association, but it also runs down back to, I think, uh, you know, family values. I always, we, we all, you know, everybody that plays a specific sport, I'm like, I think our sport's the greatest. And I do. I think baseball is the greatest. I played. I played football. I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, I'm like, for, for some reason, hockey brings out the greatest qualities in families because there's no, is an expensive sport? Sure, it can be expensive. But it doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're not so, you know, you're, you're, you're humble. Everybody has a play, level playing field. You're inside the players, and it's just like any other sport. And it doesn't matter. The, the not-so-rich kid can just go beat up on the rich kid. And it doesn't matter. And every parent will say they, they sacrifice. 
they do this, they do that for the children because they want them to be able to have that, they all those characteristics, you know, those, uh, those values that they have. And I think every kid knows what it takes in hockey that has made it to that level. They never want to upstage their parents. And that was always my thing. I'm like, listen, I know I made more money than my parents than they'll ever make. But I always look at it and go, if my parents ever read this, well, how pissed would they be? You know, if, if I did something, how would I embarrass my parents? And we, we I, I'm sure you said the exact same things and because you were a total professional baseball player. And that's all it came down to is like, if I ever piss my parents off, I'm in big trouble. I'm 48 years old, and I still don't want to piss my parents off. Uh, Brian, I, what he just said, Dennis, is like so gold to me because – and I was very fortunate enough to um, – Grow up in a baseball family. My old man played um, in the big leagues for 12 years, which was really, really cool. And so I already had an advantage how to act, how to sure. do certain things. And obviously, when I was scuffling or doing whatever, I, I, he'd be the first person I called. Um, and he could obviously help me out. And it, it, So it was a total advantage. But uh, there's this kid that I have out here that I played a little league with me and my, uh, or my son. He's my son's age. He's a good little ball player. Doesn't play. And he's a goalie. And he's he, he's he's – it's, what you just said reminds me of this kid. He's a tough kid. His, his, he's, his family's unbelievable. He went over to South Dakota or North Dakota to play without his family because his family could. And, and I'm just, he's a pretty good. Now, obviously, right. with everything going on. And he, it's a sacrifice that you have to make as a family, as a, um, I'll be honest, I would not send my kid somewhere right now by himself with a, a, in, a in a home. I just, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, any of my kids, but I mean, so I, I know the grind and I'm, I'm in Kansas. I live in Kansas right now. So there's not that much hockey in Kansas. I know there's more hockey in obviously Michigan um, and, and certain other places, but um, I have more respect for this guy and his family. And, his, uh, listen, and I don't have any friends. I don't have many friends at all. Dennis can kind of call him. <laughs> but uh, these, 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 um, his, his uh, mother and father are good friends of mine and my wife's and, I mean, the sacrifice they have to make as a, as a father, as a mother, it's a yeah. boy. But, I mean, he's just such a good kid. And uh, something about hockey that just makes – and you just said it right there – that makes you just like – it's a different world, and it's a different type of person, which I've always respected and I've always admired. Well, thank you. Um, and, we, you know, I try and instill that with, with my children as well. And, you know, my parents – you know, my dad was – you know, he worked for the, uh, the local – you know, the Edison's or the, you know, he worked on a high line, you know, he was a guy that fixed the wires when, you know, the, the, the electricity went out, you know, he had to go. He, I saw him walk out of the house and do extra shifts, you know, yep. so that he could pay for that. So I knew I'm like, Jesus, man, he's really he, doing this. And, you know, and it wasn't like I had to make it. He was just like, I love why, you know, and they love watching watch, you play. You I'm watch, sure your parents love you watching do you do the same this. thing though with yeah. your kids now, I guarantee you. I got it. You know, I have to make a decision, you know, my son's 17 right now and he's just, you know, he's, he's getting looks, he's playing hockey and he's going to have to move away at some point. And, uh, he's drafted. He might be in Nebraska next year playing, playing junior. So mm. I'm close, man. I'm close. Thing. I'm, I'm right with you. I have a 16, 15, and 13-year-old. My baby girl's 13. Yeah. Um, and blended family. And I got two two wrestlers, my boys, my uh, my other son's a baseball player. And, you know, we're all over the place. And, it, God, it is so much fun watching them play. Now, so I've been coaching fun. my sons, well, three of them, actually, in baseball. And they, they're really, really good wrestlers. Um, 
one's a freshman. One's, well, I have two sophomores, a freshman, and my baby girl's getting ready to go into eighth grade. But um, watching these two boys wrestle, watching my son play baseball, watching my daughter play soccer. She was a gymnast for a long time. Thank God she didn't want to do it anymore. But watching them play, there's nothing better. And it's, 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 it, it just brings a uh, – and it goes back to your family values. It goes back to yeah. what you said about your parents. Um, go ahead, Dennis, what you got – because I'm going to tell you, I'm, I, I could talk to him all day about this stuff because it's really, really cool to me. I know. But, there, you know, I want to bring this back to you, Jason, with Brian. A, lo- a lot of what we talk about on the show is, you know, Jason has regrets a little bit about his playing career, not really stopping smelling the roses, enjoying certain moments, uh, welcoming in guests when they come in the locker room because he's too busy putting together a game plan. And then Dimitri, on the other hand, had way too much fun. Uh, he, he would he would admit that himself. Where were you in your career? Did you did you enjoy it? Did you appreciate it? Did you did you stop and smell the roses? Were you one of those guys, or were you hard nosed? You got in, got out, and then when you left, you go. You know, I really wish I took an extra second to maybe say hi to this guy or meet this guy, or you, you know. You know, that's a great question. It, I think there's levels of that. I think you know when you're young, you first get in there. And you're playing, you're just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest, this is the greatest, this is the greatest. And, you know, then you start, you get a family, you know, you wouldn't call it settling down, but, you know, you're, you do, you slow, you, you dial it back. You know, you, you, you get your first child, your second child, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, you know, there's more to life. You know, you, you, you know, there, there's more to life than the sport. Um, I lived and breathed this sport for, you know, the better part of, you know, 30 years before I was able to share, you know, in, in our first child. So, you know, then all of a sudden they keep coming and, you know, you get older and, but yeah, you do, you are able to smell the roses. You know, the worst part of it is in, and I won't speak for Jason, but I came in the league quiet because I was, you know, nobody really knew who I was, but I was a draft pick and it was great. And I fucking left the league just as fucking quiet. Yeah, but you put your damn mark on it, which is I, even more amazing, and that is awesome. As, as a fan of hockey, the, the, what you have done in your career, your stats, your, it's pretty damn sinking impressive, to be honest with you. And, and I, I think what um, Dennis was saying, because I always said, and I had this talk with Robin Young, who's a Hall of Famer for the Milwaukee Brewers, and he goes, if you had – and this is later in my career. when I, My first 10 years, I was – I better get two or three hits – or I'd be pissed off going on at the end of my career. I was like, man, I hope I get hit by a pitcher walk <laughs> or something like that. But, but you know what? And, and he asked me, he goes, and this is a guy who he was a hard nosed guy. He's a hall of famer. And he goes, Jay, if you could change anything about your career, what would it be? And I said, well, I'd, I'd like to have, and this is what Dennis is talking about. I'd like to maybe smile a little bit more, maybe have a little more fun, et cetera. But I was so locked in what I was trying to do on that. But I, I truly believe that if I try, if I did that, I wouldn't have been around and I wouldn't have had the, the career that I had Absolutely. because that just wasn't my personality. And so it was just one of those things that, and that's yeah. why Dennis, I'm assuming I asked you, but you say you got in quiet and you left quiet bullshit. And I don't even curse on this, this um, uh, podcast, but I'm going to tell you what you came in like a freaking bat out of hell. And, and, and you end up leaving like a bat out of hell in my mind because what you had, what, what you have done in your career is, uh, uh, it, it, dude, 
every once in a while, people tell me, to go ahead, you know, every once in a while before you go to bed, look in the mirror and say like, hey, and I, obviously I'm not going to do that. And I, just by talking to you, you're not going to do that shit either. But dude, hell of a career. I'm proud to say that I now I know you, although I met you a long time ago, but uh, pretty amazing stuff, what you have done. And like I said, stats don't lie. That's what what it, you look on your um, your bubblegum card. The back of it's pretty damn stinking impressive. Yeah. Well, I, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. I always took pride in, you know, always being, uh, you know, I, I always call it the secondary. Secondary to the number one. When you, you know, you got the number ones. You got the number ones. You know, we, we need you to be the compliment, compliment, compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you need, coach, whatever you need, I will do. And, you know, whether it's, you know, do I need to sit here for a while because I'm not playing so well? Okay, no problem. I'll cheer on my teammates, you know. And is it me that you got to give shit to? No problem. I'll take it for somebody else. You know, it wasn't his fault. It was my fault. Or I got to go into the coach's office and say, hey, listen, you know what? Let's go easy on this guy today. I know. Or you know, Hey, he's going through a rough time. His wife having some troubles, you know, you just know those ins and outs, you know, and I, yes, for whatever yes. reason, I always took it, you know, what would, would a coach want to know that? You know, I'm not ratting on a guy. You're, you're just like, Hey, listen, there's, it's human. You know, it's, you're, it's just a sport. Yeah. It's just a sport, man. You know, yeah, we all want to win. Don't get me wrong. I want to win. I want to win. Number 20 or number 21 on you, which, by the way, I don't know what your That's best number, your favorite number is, but at the same time, you're going back to your own. Fa- and listen, I when I had my son, I'm like, oh shit, I can't take care of myself. How the hell am I? Sub- so you're right, a thousand. And, and he said this earlier, Dennis. Um, it's a different world when you. Ha- oh, I got to take care of this now. Obviously, fortunately, well, hopefully, you have um, the other your significant other, which I had a lemon the first time, and I have a, the most perfect woman in the world now. Um, but that being said is, um, God dog it. And the fact that you just stayed under the radar is so cool to me because your stats prove it. But my other question that I really wanted to ask is best fight, best pop you got on somebody. Cause listen, that's another thing I love about hockey. And I would, and, and I, if you didn't, I get this question a lot. Like, what would you do if you weren't a baseball player? So I'd be either a lifeguard and, and, or if I could skate, I'd love to be a goon. <laughs> but what is it? And oh, my God. I, there's a couple of them. Oh, well, it could, it could be a, jer- a chirp or it could be a punch. And, you know, I, I give you two, uh, one of each. Um, we were playing Colorado, the Avalanche. And I was in L.A. And we were in the semifinals. And, and that was the year Colorado went and won. And, you know, Rob Blake got traded to Colorado and – you know, we were playing Blakey, you know, he, you know, we're in, we're in LA, we're playing and, and I think they beat us. It was a, it was a tough game. And I ran Ray Bork because somebody, somebody pissed me off and <laughs> Ray Bork had the puck. And I, and I just said, I had enough. I went absolute ape shit on Ray Bork who I've known and, you know, hall of famer. I had to, I'm like, you, you just don't, I, you know, who, I don't care who it was. And he looked at me like, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, like, you know, you my nickname that, is Smokey. You- yeah, Smokey goes, what the hell? You know, I wasn't a small guy, and I, you know, I, I could handle my own. I wasn't a tough guy, but I wouldn't back down either. And I went after him, and I, I think he shit his pants. Like, he's like, <laughs> I love oh, it. God. God, I love it. Bork, so, that's unbelievable. Ray Bork. Yeah, Ray Bork. So then the second one, 
is I got back twofold as we're playing Detroit. We're in LA the next year. Playing Detroit and Steve Eiserman, who obviously is mm-hmm. probably one of my best, you know, favorite players ever. He's got a bum leg, and I look at him, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to show him, right? I go, Stevie, I'll break your leg if you have it. He looks at me and goes, really? No, you won't. I'm like, okay, no, I won't. You're right. I'm not going to do anything to you. He just <laughs> called me right out because I'm like, it's Stevie Y. I'm like, Steve, I'm going to break your leg. He's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's yeah, awesome. like, yeah, it was like, because awesome. he, he was the most gentlemanly guy ever. And you know, I'm trying to get under his skin and he wasn't having it. He's like, no, you're not. You're not going to do anything. I'm like, you're do yeah, that. you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize but, to him right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, okay, so, hey, okay, that, that being said, has, kind of makes me curious. How much shit talking goes on? Because, listen, it's the same thing. I mean, people always ask me, like, do you ever talk right. shit uh, behind the plate? And I'm like, eh, no, because I. And if somebody says something like Albert Proles came up to me as rookie years, like and he taps me in my shin guards, and I go, "Dude, I don't know you. Don't ever fucking do that again." But I mean, <laughs> not, not because I was too. So I mean, I don't know what happens. Like, but I mean, there's certain things, obviously, like in football games, and obviously, if you're right. not mic'd up, you guys are talking. I'm assuming nonstop, especially if there's a little beef between you guys. Oh, all the time, yeah. all the time, and it's mostly it's mostly just simple banter because I would probably say. At some point, we played on each team with somebody else on the other team, and everybody knows each other because obviously you're Canadian or American, and you've uh-huh. got you know you've come up the same, and you're just you're just jabbing them either from the night before or you're jabbing them because you know hey you know his girlfriend you're like hey you know or, you know something happened or or whatever, and half the time you you just sit here and you just you just you just laugh. And That's beautiful. Yeah, you you don't call anyone. You know, you yeah. You, no, you yeah. Guys, so you guys are you out there? You you you're you're, oh, you're, you're going just, to war and you're just talking war. shit. You're just that, talking that is shit. What is so cool? Now, okay. Last question I have, Dennis, and I know that you have a bunch of questions out there. But I'm the, enjoying um, this. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Was it the '94 Olympics? '96. '96. '96. How unbelievable was that for you? That roster, hockey is freaking Canada, blah 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 blah. How yeah. cool was that being a kid from Toledo growing up, going to Michigan State, and then represent being able to country. represent you know the United States? Because to me, that's one thing that I always say with because um, I don't think they had the um, I don't even know what the hell the the what is, what is the the baseball stuff called now? The World Baseball every four years, the baseball classic. But I, yeah, yeah, the baseball class, I, it was, I was gone by the time it, I would have done any and everything yeah. beyond something like that at the time. So I just, I can only imagine what a rush that was for you. And I, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know how you guys did. I don't know. But just the fact that Toledo, Ohio, you know, my brother was actually a pitching coach for the Toledo, Ohio, uh, for mud free, them one year. The mud hens. But um, how, big of a rush and how great and i think more probably your parents were so freaking fired up than anybody but how cool is that for you unreal i mean you know honor to wear your jersey to wear the usa crest and you know to, to take you back you know to the beginning of that is nobody really knew what it was you know their their, their world cup of hockey came in you know they did a couple canada cups which were which was very similar but it was, yeah, USA didn't fare so well, you know, prior to the 80 Olympics. You know, 80 Olympics was obviously what propelled me into, I was 11. 
you know, watching the 80 Olympics in, in, yep. in um, Lake Placid. And that was what. Yeah, that wasn't like one of the biggest, if not. That was, a, yeah, that was the century ever. best sports thing ever. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, my God, one in a million chances. You know, the great defying all odds. Right. So I'm like, oh, my God, that was great. Cool. Got a chance. So nobody really knew, you know, they, they're putting together this team and we're doing training camp and we're in Providence, Rhode Island. And, you know, again, flying under the radar, you know, yeah, I was just, a, I was just a complimentary guy, complimentary guy. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm like doing really well, doing, just doing what I do. I make the lineup. I do this. And, you know, you don't, and that's the smell of the roses thing. I'm like, I'm just here fucking trying to grind just to get yep. in the game. And all of a sudden I become, you know, one of the better lines in the whole series. And you're playing Canada, and we, you know, yes. the, the best of three series. We play in Philadelphia. They just opened the, the the Comcast Center, which is right next to the brand new Philly Stadium. You know, then we move up to Montreal, which has opened up the Bell Center, which is brand new, and and we roll Canada, which is this ultimate ultimate lineup. And we go toe to toe with them. You know, drop the gloves, and we're going toe with the best players in the world. We got the best players. That was our. That was the next generation's eighty Olympics. You know the Patrick Kane's, the the Jonathan Tases, all the USA players. That's what they watched when they were 10, 11. So to say that I was part of that is just an absolute honor. That's so damn cool. It's and, so and, cool. You know, God, but I'm, I will say this one thing about flying under the radar is when you fly under the radar, it, which is awesome. People think you're a little bit nuts. I did the same <laughs> thing in my career, and that little bit nuts is like. I'm going to kill you. And that's what <laughs> takes you to another level because I'll guarantee you, I don't know for a fact, but I know in my career that, you know, people would say hi or whatever, and I wouldn't say anything and, and trying to be quiet and this and that. And people that I've been playing with guys, where I'm like, dude, I thought you were crazy. <laughs> but that's what playing. And that's why you play 15 years. And that's why you are, are dude, I, I'm like so fired up to talk to you because I, I just, I dig hockey more than any other sport. And uh, even baseball. Baseball is, if you don't know baseball, it's slow, it's boring, it's, it sucks. Yeah. Now, who knows? But yeah. hockey you is, just, it's always going on. You don't hear any uh, uh, controversy about hockey. Um, it's always just like, you know what? We're there, we're there, we're there, we're there. And when you go to a hockey game, in my mind, it's the coolest damn thing ever. But playing and having that USA on your jersey and beating the crap out of God, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. It was uh, it's fun to go back to the old memories, and you know, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, you're on that team!" And you know, you you forget about it sometimes. You know, you're like, "Yeah, yeah, no, it was great." And you know, you we have a couple reunions, and you see somebody. You you're know, dropping kids off at school, man. Yeah. And you're like cooking macaroni right. and cheese and stuff now. You used to yeah. be cool. I hear you. <laughs> I'm picking up dog shit. I get on dog. Oh, dogs. you ain't I'm lying. Yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. So the funny thing about that 96 team was I was huge in, in the NHL video games, and that was the first year that they had the the national teams on that game. And I still remember putting Doug Wade on the bench to have you as my second-line <laughs> center because, once again, massive, massive fan of yours. So that's yeah. that was kind of my geek-out moment, hearing you tell that story from the aspect of me being a nerd playing video games. So it's kind of cool for me to get to put the two real life video game together and hear that story. Another thing I kind of want to relate back to Jason that Jason talks a lot about is at some point you go from being the kid to the mentor. Do you, do you kind of remember in your career when that started going from, 
all right, you're the rookie, you're the young kid. Now, all of a sudden, you're a locker room leader, and you look around, and people are coming to you, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember my second year, um, I, was in, I was in Boston, Adam Oates. Adam Oates was, you know, he went on a Hall of Famer, unreal career. He was my roommate, you know, and he's, um, you know, we're talking, and I think he's 30, you know, and free agency was different in the, in the NHL back then. And he's like, man, you know, we're just talking, having beers in the room. And I let him have the clicker because we had clickers back then. And he, I'm like, hey, what what bed do you want? He likes the one by the window. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And I take this, take the other one. And then we just start talking about food. And, and he's like, so how long you want to play? You know, I'm like, I don't know. And he gives me the sound advice. He's like, I'm going to, you're going to do what I'm doing to you. And, you know, gave me some unreal, unreal advice. And it was always stay true to yourself, do what you do best. Don't, you know, don't venture off from yourself. And of course, as you know, you progress into your, into your careers, you know, you touch on a few of those things a little bit and then you hit 34, 35. And I'm like, man, I am the old man. Wow. I'm happy that I'm still getting able to play. And I particularly remember a young player named Jason Spezza. When we were in Ottawa, he was their number. He was their pick, yep. their big pick, second overall, you know, and, and they, and they room me with him. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, he could, could be 22 or two. Yeah. I mean, he's got his games. He's got his game boys. He's got his, he's got <laughs> his, you know, his little, his little things that I'm like, you know, and he's an awesome kid from Toronto. He's, you know, he's got unreal talent and I'm just like, you know, Hey Jay, what's going on? You know, he's just, you know, he's just goofy flaky kid just loves being there. And I could just like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And you know, he taught me a lot. He, he actually grounded me a little bit, gave me some spunk back into the game. So he helped me, which, you know, more than I probably helped him. And then it's funny because I said the exact same thing to him as Adam Oates said to me. You know, he's looking at me like, you're full of shit, man. What do you know? What do you know? And fast forward to today, he's in Toronto. He's the old man. And I did an article on The Athletic uh, on him. And he see, he had some very nice things to say about me because we talked about that same situation. It actually, it, it, it works. Jason, you've probably seen it in, in your sport is you're true. You're, 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 you're a good human being. You're a good guy first. And, you know, you give the kids, you know, they're always going to be better than you, but you just give them this little, little tidbit and these kids eat it up and they, they know by the time they're 37, 36, 38, they know what you're talking they're, about. And, and they're going to do that to the next generation. And I will say Absolutely. this um, one thing I was, listen, I, I was with the Royals up until like two years ago. Um, and now I'm, I'm being a dad and I, I can't travel as much as, as I wanted to, um, anymore because I, I'm going to be a dad. My old man couldn't, when he had to come home and work UPS and, and construction, um, after he came home and he made more as a big league coach as he ever did as a player. But that being said is I was so fired up for last year because there's this kid who's not a kid anymore named Kurt Suzuki. And he knocked me out of Oakland. And took me to um, or when I got traded to um, Billy Bean came up goes uh, you know we got it we're gonna bring up Zook well I don't know what yet I'm like where am I going and he goes Chicago and I said the only reason I'm a... so cut to three weeks before that Kurt Suzuki gets called up and if routine is a huge thing and I'm sure you had your routine too but if I had a seven o'clock game seven o five whatever it may be TV time I had to if I was at the ballpark later than one. 
my whole routine's messed up. And now <laughs> it's funny that you say this because my my rookie year when I broke in in '96, they popped the VHS. I'm facing Kevin Brown, and they popped the VHS tape in, and I'm like, you know, hey, what was that pitch? Rewind it on the TV for everybody to watch. Now you you have a mouse and you click and oh, you yeah. all the information you you have right there. So Kurt Suzuki comes to me one day and he's the nicest kid. We're from both, both from Southern California. He goes, Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Kendall. And I said, first of all, call me Jason. <laughs> and I go, Hey, uh, he goes, can I, can I come and, sh- and, and, and watch how you, um, go about your day and, and call it again? I'm like, dude, soup. Absolutely. So 1231 o'clock there's Kirk. And I right. go over to the end of the video room, show him what, how I do it, what I do. And I said, now watch tonight. Cause we're playing, actually we're playing the Red Sox and, and Manny Ramirez is with them. And I go, watch, watch Manny Ramirez. I said, I'm going to pop two um, uh, fastballs down and away because you think something breaking balls coming. And I said, I don't care what the situation is. And I go, boom, boom. And then I said, then I'm going to make somebody shake or pitcher shake. And I said, he's going to shake. And that, when that happens, he's thinking breaking ball. I'm going to pop another fastball down and away. He's gone. Guaranteed. Just guaranteed. Well, Kurt was like, he goes, oh, my God, Jason, that was – I'm like, dude, this is what the, the things you have to know. And so for the next three weeks, I, I tell him – or he comes every day at 12 o'clock or wherever we're at on the road, and we go over video and do all this stuff. And, um, you know, so Billy Bean calls me and he goes, hey, you know what, uh, we got a trade for the – and I had a no-trade clause at the time. He goes, you know, we have a, a, a trade for you. And I go, where are we going? He goes, he goes Jason, listen, uh, Suzuki's going to play. And I said, dude, I get it. I understand that. And I, hopefully I took care of it as much as possible. Um, I go, where? And he goes, you know, I'm going to go to the Cubs. And I'm like, perfect, boom. Which is funny because I was uh, with the Cubs, I think the same year that you were with the Blackhawks. Oh, and that's yeah. why I was saying like, you know, and, but um, which is, I was only there for three months. But watching Kurt Suzuki catch last year in win the World Series was so cool to me. Because now Kurt Suzuki is doing that to – you know, the younger guys, it's just exactly what you just said. So, Dennis, it goes in all in all in sports. It depends yeah, on – but it always goes back to you treat people the way you want to be treated. And, listen, if this, your time out of that city, boom, you're going to go to the next city and you're going to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And he'll he'll remember that forever. He'll be able to tell, hey, I learned this from, from this guy, you know, and, and I learned it from Adam Oates and, you know, Jason learned it from me. with you know, and then he obviously learned his craft as he, he was going on his career. And, you know, and it's cool. So, I, I listen, I appreciate it. I was a big fan of yours when I met you, only because I'm like, man, he reminds me of me because I was a catcher. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I go, that could have been me. But it was you, you know. No, I, like, I wanted to play I hockey, dude. You know, and I'm I could have been like, me. Yes. <laughs> I'd have much rather play the hockey. I was telling Absolutely. my dad, like, why you put us in this game? I want to play hockey. <laughs> well, uh, hey, Growing up in uh, San Diego, there's not many hockey rinks out there. <laughs> hang on, though. This, this is funny that you say this, Jason, because two episodes ago, maybe, I asked you a question and you laughed at me about how you guys are Major League Baseball. You stopped sharing rooms with people when you got to the big leagues. Here's this guy. I mean, why in baseball do you guys not share rooms? But in hockey, you're in the majors and you're sharing rooms. Well, I, I don't know what hockey's thing is, but I was fortunate enough to, when I got to the big leagues, the union, the, the CBA had already been, did what, yeah. every player gets their um, gets their own room. So yeah. I don't know how hockey is. I still don't know how hockey is today. But now in the minor leagues, yes. 
I mean, I do trust me. I had roommates forever, and I could tell you some roommate stories, as I'm assuming Brian can too, that are probably great and probably not great. But uh, I, I believe that the first year that I broke in '96 was the first year that the union had said that okay, everybody in the big leagues gets their own hotel room. I don't know how it yeah. was in the NHL though. Um, you know what? It was it was wasn't right away. I, I had a couple collecting. I had a couple bargaining agreements I went through, and then I think the when you started getting your own room was you had to play above four hundred games or ten years, and then you got your own room. And then anybody underneath, you know, rookies or anybody, um, it was a, it was either one of the or if you were a ten year veteran but you didn't have a you know as many games or you had over four hundred games. Now the new bargaining agreement. I, I think everybody gets their own rooms now. Now, I, I know, Jason, you may have another no, that, question. That is, like, so cool for people to know yeah. who's listening is because that's a pretty cool thing. But, it once again, it goes back to what I always say. is It's the work ethic. In order to – when you get there, yes, it is. Five-star this, five-star that, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not that way in the minor leagues. You have to – No way. Work ethic. You have to work your ass off to get there. Man, see, and I, I kind of geek out on that kind of stuff. And I remember the conversation. So when you're talking about sharing rooms with Spets and all that stuff, I'm like, wait, wait a second. Where's, you know, yeah. so I, I just had to ask that. There's, I, oh boy, I, I'm still geeking out because it's so hard for me to listen to you two talk because it's, I stopped being a host. And I'm just like a kid listening to two guys <laughs> I watch play just share war stories and, Whatnot. Well, I, I'm more of a kid right now because I I know exactly who he is. I know when we met. I know the probably the place. Um, <laughs> if you were just kid, I'd probably know exactly where's that. But uh, and I might have even at, the, at one point. I remember I came into the, the locker room and you talk about going into somebody else's locker room. And it's uncomfortable, but um, and I, I just was remember you always. Obviously, I knew you as a player, but you just slide like you said, like I said, under the radar. But under the radar, you, you got to be psychotic. You gotta be nuts. Well, and, you got well, you gotta bring it every night. That's the shitty thing. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta yeah. I gotta dial it in. I gotta bring it every night, you know, and you have an off night. I don't know what year I went in there and I was in there with um uh Mike Piazza and uh, Eric Carroll and our agent and I, I just like you know, obviously Piazza was like oh, hey, and Carroll was like Whoa. but I remember <laughs> going to that locker room and I'm just like, you know, this is this is uncomfortable for me because you know it's not my atmosphere, it's not my yeah. I respect every single person in this clubhouse but i i and, you know hey what's up dude? and i was the little dude in the back if you were there and you might have been he might not have been but i'm just going like right, yeah i'm gonna get out of here and we, yeah and i'm like boom and I, because i respected I, I respect anybody that gets to that level i respect you know people anyhow just as far as once ago do you treat people the way you want to be treated but um when you are get when you get to this level the level that you played at for 15 years which is amazing to me, man. It's just it's it's cool to watch as a fan outside of what I used to do. No, oh, and and again, I appreciate that. And and just to give you a story on you know coming into someone else's being in L.A. in someone else's you know room, and we would get a lot. You know, you get some oh. you know some some celebrities, you get some rock stars. Yep. Um, you know, and I and I'll I'll give you two stories, and and Dennis, you'll you'll like this, and. We, you know, we had some Europeans on the team, guys from Slovakia or Czechoslovakia or the former Czechoslovakian. They bring this young kid in, 22-year-old, 
And, you know, hey, you know, Smoke, you got to come meet, come meet him. You know, I want you to meet He's, he's ranked, he's ranked 110th in the world in world tennis. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Oh, hey, how's it going? What's your name? Roger Federer. Yeah. I said, hey, Roger, how you doing? You know, 122nd in the world. I meet him in like, you know, oh, oh, 2001. I'm like, oh, man, hey, good luck. I think he was down playing in that Indian Wells, uh, you know, down yep. in Anaheim or wherever they had or, or wherever it was. I'm like, yep. Roger Federer. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Fucking 20 years later, I'm like, that's Roger. I met that guy. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the best player in the world. Like, and he just, he's just kind of hanging out, you know. Like, hanging out, yeah. Hanging out. The second one, you're going to love this, is I got a, I got, we're playing an afternoon game. Don't know what year. I think it was, you know, we're playing in, in the Staples Center and, and it's an afternoon game and the sun's, you can just see the sun, different lighting. And I turn, I got Luke Robertai on my left wing oh, and man. I don't know who was on my right wing and we got a face off there. And I turn and look and there's this guy, beautiful hair, dark skin. He's got a black shirt. And I go, that's Don Johnson. I look at I look at I look at Luke. I go, "Hey, Luke, that's Don Johnson. <laughs> that's, that's that's Crockett. That's Sonny and Crockett right that's there." That's what you knew, yeah. Like, I'm looking in the glass, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" I even turned to the referee, and I remember I, I forgot who it was, and I go, "That's Don Johnson." Like yeah. he's standing yeah. right by the penalty box, and and Luke's like. You know, and in his French accent, Luke Robertai, he's like, come on, man, come on. He's been here for 10 years. You know, I'm like, well, I didn't know that, Luke. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, because you, know? you grew up watching that. Oh, <laughs> I grew I, up watching Trust me, I get it. Okay. <laughs> I, but I could sit here and tell you, we could go back and forth all, all night because I love it. Um, Jason from, um, God, I don't even know if I'm trying to think, um, you know, Mike Seaver, the, the Seavers. Uh, yep. But they he sang the anthem once. I'm like, that's Jason Seaver, dude. Nobody knows. So I, I get that. Like, so okay, there's one one year I'm in um, Pittsburgh. Was it Kirk Cameron? No, no, it was Jason. He's passed away. There was a dad. It was a oh, dad. Okay, it was Kirk Cameron's dad on the Seavers. And I'm trying to think of his name, but I can't think of it. Oh but, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, his son's his son's now yeah. a singer. Like. uh I, I can't think of his name on top of my head, but there's one, there's one day where I came in, we have to, after batting practice and I, I'm locked in and where my locker was in Pittsburgh was, um, there's a big couches and there's a TV where you could see, you know, the, the, the opposing pitcher, et cetera. And, um, well, when I get back in now, we got like 45 minutes of, um, you know, until game time and these, 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 uh, players who I don't even know who they are. Cause I never even, <laughs> They're sitting on the on the couch, and I'm so I'm going like, does anybody else know? I'm thinking to myself, like, do anybody else know that we got like thirty minutes, forty five minutes before our game, and they're watching TV? And I'm like, hey, get the hell out of here right now, because no PR guy was there. It was Larry Fitzgerald and some Pittsburgh, and I'm like, oh my god, I told Larry Fitzgerald, the greatest receiver, one of the top five greatest receivers in the world. To get out of here. I got a game in 30 minutes, and you guys are sitting here hanging out, John. But he was the Pittsburgh Panthers uh, football team. It was like, I don't know, six guys. But and I'm like, get the hell out of here. And I'm like, damn, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. later on. But, uh, yeah, I yeah, know. We can relate. We can Alan, relate. No, a, a thousand Alan Thick, by the way. Alan, Alan Thick, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't want to keep you too much because you've already – you know, we probably wore out our welcome with you already having you on this song. And once again, 
this is the coolest ever. And Brian, I greatly appreciate thank you, Jason. it. Thank you, Jason. I'm a big fan. Thank you so much. I love Dennis. I know, Dennis, I know we got to hook up cigars and I, I, I owe I, you. I'll do my best, man. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with your this whole thing is I owe you. So it's like you get a free night. It's not like you owe me and you're trying to dodge me. I owe you and I'm trying to cash back in. Because this guy, okay. we, uh, I will, I will take it. Don't worry. We go out for I. This is how nice of a guy he is. I meet him at the cherry bed. I'm like, listen, can, it's because he's under the radar. But I'm gonna tell you what, you mess with him, he's gonna knock the you the. <laughs> sh- oh god, you have no idea. No, no, this is how nice of a guy he is. He doesn't know me from Adam. I meet him at this charity event. I'm like, listen, I'm the biggest fan. Which once again, he's probably going. I'm bullshit. But little green fly stalker guy, gotcha. I don't stalk him, by the way, anymore. It, but. Uh, <laughs> I said, can I, can I buy you a beer and a cigar and just talk? And he's like, absolutely. So we go out. We have this great cigar. We have a couple drinks. Bill comes. I'm pulling from my wall. He's like, no, no. I got you. You had an agenda. You knew that he was going to buy I you. If you just kissed his ass for however long at the bar, he was going to buy you whatever cigar you wanted. That's a bunch of BS right there, Dennis. <sighs> right. And then I, ca- right. I keep trying to cash in. But – it goes to the story on how awesome this guy is to every time I send him a text, anytime I, you know, he, we're, we're social media friends. He comments. It's, he doesn't have to. So to be able to talk to him and at least tell him publicly how much I appreciate that is phenomenal. So Brian, thank you, man. Absolutely. I, I don't have many friends in this world, so I'll, I'll keep you guys. You know, you're my, you're my best. No, right dude, now. come on. Whatever. <laughs> I have zero friends. I, I don't, I don't know why, but I have zero friends and, and I kind of, I've kind of like you, I can see your back. I, this is why I like this guy because he is nuts. I already know that, but look, I mean, you can well, tell I have three that, daughters, Jason, I got three daughters, oh, man. Geez, oh, you, buddy. They're, they're and, tw- you have they one boy. and you said 17 boy or, or is that, you're, no, you're he's seventeen. My oldest daughter's nineteen. She goes to Michigan State. Should be oh, great, gosh. and should be a junior. Uh, I got a fourteen-year-old and a nine-year-old. Oh boy! Oh goodness! Yeah, I have 17, 16, 15, and thirteen. Yeah. My baby so is my right, baby girl. We're, right so we're yeah, we're we're right. yeah. Oof. Oof. I get beat up. I, I they they've been running around here, and I'm just like, get out of here, get out of here, Brian. <laughs> Brian you know, you know what I always tell my my daughter? I go, you know what? When, when if somebody ever messes with you, now my boys just whack them in the head. But when I, I was somebody daughter, I'm like, you know what? Here's the deal. So if somebody ever messes with you at school or a boy ever messes, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this boy. This is being recorded, by the way. That's, uh, and that's fine. <laughs> and so I'm going to go to his house. I'm going to sit the boy down in a chair neck with you next to him. And I'm going to take the dad. And I'm going to beat the shit out of the dad in front of the boy. <laughs> and we're going to go from there. And she's like. Dad, I'm never going to have a boyfriend. Am I? And I just, <laughs> no, man, you know what? Unless I get back into the game, no, you're not. <laughs> so. I'll tell you what. I, I, mine is a little similar to that because I'll just say, well, I hope he's bigger than me. That's all. I, I hope your dad's bigger than me because if he is bigger than me, then he might have a chance. <laughs> so, yeah, see, that's where you see that, that, that was a nice thing because he's like, you know what? I'm on air on this. I'm going to say this. But in the back of his mind, he's like, I don't matter how big you are. I'm gonna freaking take your throat. I'm gonna knock it out of your the back of your head. See, that's why I love this guy, Brian. Dude, I'm gonna tell you what. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Um, I, I want to give you uh, off the air my number if you ever need anything, and if I'm Absolutely. ever in Michigan, um, you better be calling. A thousand percent. Right. Thousand percent. For the, thank you for the podcast listeners. This thing's over. For Brian, stick around. We're gonna end this. Oh, by the way, Brian, where can people find you on social media? Real quick. 
Oh, geez. I mean, um, I mean, I have it offhand. I mean, I, I have an Instagram, but I'm not sure. Be smoke at four six nine. You know, you got to look for it. Uh, I, do I still don't know. I, I do. Tw- I, he has to tell me every time he goes, "Hey, Jason, we're going to find it." I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm on. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I, I sometimes I post some. I, I think I do. What's your Twitter stuff? Because I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You because I don't have like I said I don't have friends. But what's your Twitter thing? Just, if you he know doesn't it. know it. I'll have to find uh, it. And give I it don't. I, I can. I can text you. Are you? Are you guys? I look for you. I just look for you guys. I mean, yeah. be smoke. Be smoke at something. something After something. about a year now, I just know that mine's Jason D. Kendall. There you go. <laughs> All I right. want to look for you now. So that's that's where I'm at. But um, no, I'm gonna get your number. I'm gonna shoot you a text. Podcast um, fans. Mine. For the podcast Absolutely. fans. This is ending for you. I'm going to listen to these two talk social media for the rest of the time. So enjoy. (laughs) We'll talk to you, everybody, later. As always, we here at Wrestling With Sports, Jason Kittle, Dimitri Young, Brett Boone, we thank you so much for listening. show does not go on without you. That's why we need you to grow. So make sure you are out there telling your friends, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, water cooler at work. We need your help to grow, and that's how you help us grow. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Wrestling With Sports. We do a lot of live shows over there. You can find links to the show and other cool stuff that we will be doing exclusively for Facebook. Twitter, follow Jason Kendall at JasonDKindle18, TheBrettBoon29, TheMeatHookYoung, D-A-MeatHookYoung, Dennis77Farrell, You can follow the show's Twitter account at WrestlingWS. Subscribe to the podcast any place you get podcasts. And if you can't find them, head over to YouTube. Subscribe there. You'll find it there. Or email the show, WrestlingWithSports at gmail.com. Right there is a direct line to us. We'll get it. Whether you have a comment, a question, you want to be part of the show, we will make sure your voice is heard. That's what we try really hard at Wrestling With Sports to do, is make sure it's 100% interactive with you, the fans. On behalf of all the guys, thank you for listening.